0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We speak today to Brandon Monroe, CEO of Bannerman Resources and ASX Junior with assets in Namibia, and he's also a Uranium market commentator for a weekly catch-up. KazAtomProm made an announcement that they were extending the lockdown period by another month. That's four months in total, guys, and with the ability possibly to extend that, depending on how things are going. We look at how COVID is affecting supply in the rest of the world, in particular, Cigar Lake, Australia and Namibia. And for our Crux Club members, we also go on to discuss why utilities are not doing anything at the moment, what are they focused on and why hasn't the spot price moved? Enjoy the podcast. Brandon Monroe, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm really well, thanks, Matthew. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Busy week, and got a got a a lot on today as well. So thanks for joining us um, from the cottage. It looks like.
1: Yeah, it's school holidays. It was that big test. I feel like I'm in a reality TV show. Would I get the kitchen done in time? So we've had tradespeople wandering around doing all of that. I've been doing a little bit of magic with my hands, or claiming to, hoping to. It'll be fixed up by someone else, but I'll say that it was me, you know, one of those jobs. But anyway, no, it's been really good. Dude. We've, we've got a little bit of freedom here in Western Australia, and I think when we can't travel anywhere else, it, it really pays off to have a, a place of your own where the kids can just unpack and unwind and run around and do that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, You can see Australia and Canada have so much in common. You've got so much land that everyone gets to have a second home. So very unusual thing here in our tiny little island of of Great Britain. Great Alice. Great Alice.
1: We've got something else in common because this little town that I'm in, Bridgetown, it's a beautiful, fabulous place, but it has the record for being the coldest place in Western Australia. And as many of you people know, it's, it's kind of hard to find cold places in Western Australia. It's normally the other end of the spectrum. So they've uh, been the industrious people that they are. They even market that fact. So it's, it's tourism claim to fame, is it's called Fridgetown. And so we start these days at the moment at about one or two degrees, which is a little bit fresh for the tootsies, but we manage, we adapt, we survive.
0: Oh, wow, I didn't realise it went down that low. Well, there you go. I've learnt something. But today we're going to talk about Uranium, as usual, for our weekly catch-up. Um, big announcement from Kazatomprom.
1: Yeah, um, totally not unexpected. And we've been talking about it on our show for several weeks now. And I think we... We drew similar conclusions, but it's helpful. It's good to have it out there. It's good that the market's now informed. And uh, as people would know who've read the announcement, because Adam Prometh said that it's uh, a month that they will be delaying the resumption of wellhead development and other operations. And that's pretty consistent with what is expected and what we were thinking. But the little gems in the announcement, I think, are some of the side comments and what may or may not be able to be read into those. So, there's lots of use of the word initial and if safe resumption and so forth. So, um, they've left the door open quite clearly for an extension. Uh, Also that what's quite interesting is, when the time comes to resume, whatever that means, it's quite clear that it's going to be a softly, softly approach here. Um, Because Adam Prometh said in their announcement that they will be gradually returning to wellhead development. And it seems like they're even going to test the waters a little bit with their logistics by resuming uh, exploration first rather than wellhead development. So, I find all of that quite interesting. And I think what we're looking at there is uh, a company positioning for a a real possibility, perhaps even a likelihood, that this 1-month period is going to need to be extended, if not in fact, at least in substance.
0: So, I think the Uranium bulls are getting quite excited about that, the implications of an extension or a possible extension there. Um, Are you hearing the same sorts of things?
1: Not really. Uh, um, obviously, people are excited about what um, continued disruption can do for the tightening of the market and the Uranium price. But like many things, this is an announcement that was anticipated. It was expected. And so, there isn't anything that's a catalyst as such. And so, we haven't seen lurching share prices on ASX, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the market's just kind of taken it in its stride for now.
0: Okay, but if I look at, I I know I couldn't help but notice Shell also made an announcement this week with regards to Kazakhstan. I mean, what do you know about that?
1: Well, I mean, they've announced that they're withdrawing all of their staff. They've chartered a couple of jets. They're taking them all back to the Netherlands, and then they'll be distributing them around the world. Um, And that in itself is very telling. And uh, the, the word is that it's because they can't be absolutely sure that their people there will get adequate medical care, which isn't a slight on Kazakhstan at all. I mean, that's exactly what's happened to any country that has really grappled to deal with uh, either a first or a second wave COVID uh, problem. So, but what it says to me is that in their judgment, this is a problem that isn't going away in just a couple of weeks. Uh, They can't just simply tell their staff, look, stay at home, lock yourself down, take full paid time at home for 2 or 3 weeks, and then we'll ride this one out. They've probably already been through that thought process. And now they're saying, look, we're better off taking the hard pill and actually moving everyone out. And you wouldn't really do that for a matter of 2 or 3 weeks. There there seems to be some longer-term thinking. And the moves that big, enormous majors, particularly in the oil and gas sector in this part of the world, make is always a leader. It's always influential to both private and public enterprise. So I think it is significant that Shell have made this decision. It'll be really interesting to watch what some of the partners, Chevron and others,
0: do in its wake. I mean, the other thing I noticed was that Uzbekistan, they put out a press release. So, I mean, that, that whole region is really grappling with how to deal with what's going on there with COVID-19.
1: That's right. So Uzbekistan now is back into lockdown. Uh, Not quite as rigid as the initial lockdown, but for all intents and purposes the same. So now we get to watch what Navoy Mining, the Uzbek state-controlled Uranium miner, does in response to that. Do they just carry on or do they take the lead from Kazatomprom? The dynamics are very, very different here. We need to be clear on that. Uh, Navoy Mining, they Sell um, mainly to off the market to traders to the Indians to the Chinese. Um, They aren't a market participant in the same way that Kazatomprom is. Uh, They're not the dominant player. So they, whilst they are still firmly in the top ten of uranium producers, and any significant disruption disruption there is going to affect twenty twenty supply. They're not going to be thinking about the market in the same way that. Because Adam Prom might be, or Camico might be, for that matter. Um, so I think they'll be more reactive, but it just illustrates that this is a regional issue. Uh, this the timing of this second wave that's experienced in Central Europe, Central Asia.
0: It's a, yeah, I mean th- that's what strikes me um, about this is that I think uranium bulls looking at this are going to be just encouraged. It's just another another story around supply that they can confirm their their beliefs about. So why don't we just do, in which case, maybe let's just do a roundup and then maybe have a conversation about supply, about what's happening in Namibia, Australia, Canada, if if you may. So Australia, all good?
1: Australia, all good in South Australia and Western Australia, um, and to a lesser extent, Queensland, which are the major mining centres, Northern Territory included. Um, But we're experiencing our own second wave in the state of Victoria, which doesn't have any Uranium mining or exploration or any Uranium influence whatsoever. Uh, but it's just a healthy reminder to the rest of the country that these things can escalate very, very quickly. And that's what we've seen. And Victoria has just announced a fairly hard lockdown of all of Melbourne, the capital city there of five million people, for six weeks. So, South Australia has got its border closed with Victoria. Western Australia had its border closed with everyone at the moment and probably for some time to carry on. But no foreseeable disruption to mining, just a reminder that a second wave of COVID can be potentially more painful than the first.
0: Yeah, um, and news out of Namibia?
1: Yeah, in Namibia, the Orongo province or Orongo region, as it's called in Namibia, uh, they're back in an extended lockdown for another 28 days. It was announced earlier this week. Um, That's very difficult for the local people, very problematic for many, many reasons. Uh, Mining has been uh, exempted as an essential service. So uh, Rossing and Husab can carry on, but as we've talked about many times, it's still that that element of greater difficulty as a result. Um, And there's been a bit of press about increasing industrial relations tension at Rossing. And so you might also see the interplay between those two things. So I'm still expecting disruption at the edges with both of those giant Namibian
0: projects. Okay. Yeah, we were talking to we've got an analyst based in Namibia actually. We were talking to him this morning, and he was saying that you know obviously with youth unemployment quite high and the poverty levels as they are, you know the dependency on mining is is there, but at the same time they've got to manage this in a responsible manner. And I think they are doing that, the the Namibian government. So um, Interesting. Okay. And then uh, Canada, what's happening at Cigar Lake?
1: Well, nothing's happening, but what is very noteworthy is that Northern Saskatchewan is still grappling to get COVID under control. Um, And it's an outlier compared with most of Canada. And that's really the driver here. I don't see Cigar Lake coming on anytime soon. I think it's entirely feasible that we could see Cigar Lake uh, remaining off to the end of the calendar year even. And what always happens in these situations is when you when you put a project into care and maintenance as effectively Cameco has, it's a little bit like jumping into a cold swimming pool or a cold river. It's damn painful at first, but you do adjust, you do acclimatise and there's probably an element of that going on corporately all the while we haven't seen much of a spot price response and we haven't seen the utilities bashing the door down with Cameco to start term contracting. So whilst there's health and safety concerns as we continue continue to see persisting in Northern Saskatchewan, I don't see Cameco sort of chomping at the bit to change the situation at all.
0: Okay. So the supply side of this story, of the macro story is certainly, you know, I think we're able to work out some numbers now. We're starting to get a sense of you know how much disruption there is going to be on the supply side. I mean, you're talking about end of year for um, Cigar Lake. I mean, that's that's all of a sudden very meaningful. The implications of Kazakhstan's uh, operations being delayed a month and potentially more. That's four months now, right? You know, th- that has huge implications. Um, I'm hearing, you are saying that Namibia maybe any minor disruption and uh, same for australia which is which is something but we're, are you starting to get a sense of the the deficit um, in the marketplace as a result uh,
1: absolutely if we go back to our discussions in april for example i was um, projecting a 20 million pound 2020 disruption so in other words forecast 2020 production i was anticipating uh, being 20 million pounds short compared with what the case would have been at the beginning of the year. Now, that was prefaced on Cigar Lake being off for 4-months, Kazakh operations being disrupted for 3-months, and relatively minor disruption in most other centres, uh, ranging between about 5% and 8% of annual production. Now, the only one of those areas that has outperformed my expectations is Australia but Olympic Dam had uh, significant um, disappointment on the production side for unrelated reasons so that one's largely evened out so now we look at it it's not Kazakh operations down for three months it's notionally four months and every chance that with the slow resumption of wellhead development that's going to look in effect more like five or six months cigar lake which is in into four months already and counting and Quite possibly going to go to the end of the year. Um, Namibia and others that are dealing with second waves. So that uh, that 20 million pounds is locked in now. And now the question is, you know, how much does that grow? Does 20 million pounds of disruption go to 30 million pounds of disruption? I mean, if if these significant players stay off to the end of the year, we could be talking 50 million pounds of disruption. So, this is still brewing as an astonishing supply side event for a sector that is already very tight on the supply side. Uh, And all the while, uh, utilities and intermediaries are distracted with other issues and other matters. So, we're just, uh, we've seen a little bit of a recovery in the spot price, but given the risk here to the supply side for the rest of the year, uh, there's been no price response to talk about which of course just stretches the lackey band or the rubber band even further and makes for an even better close to 2020 or 2021, if you are sitting in the seat of a Uranium investor.
0: Well, this might be the perfect perfect point to um, switch things over. So I'm just going to say to our regular viewers, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed what Brandon had to say. We're now going to move into the uh, Cross Investor Club section. We're going to get into a bit more detail about um, price. Why it hasn't moved, and what utilities are doing, and what the implications are for investors. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.